listening to the Loving BDSM podcast, episode 308. Okay, the Lord's here with the one, the only, the infinitely patient with me. And that makes me love you even more. Jen Brownstone. Oh, my. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I've been a little bit all over the place recently, and you've been just patient. I've been lost in my own head, so don't put it down as patience. I've just been. <laughs> let, let me let me perceive it any way that I can. I'm like pinging off the walls like a uh, what's ping, uh, pinball, pinball machine. machine. Yeah. Thank you. I almost said ping pong machine, and I was like, oh, that is wrong. I'm sure of it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So you have been. You have. I, I give you that. I mean, yeah. good and bad. Oh yeah. 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 But we're not here to actually talk about. No, that. we're not. <laughs> This week, what we're actually talking about is perfectionism and how it can impact your power exchange. Uh, Speaking as a attempting to recover perfectionist, (laughs) I'm a work in progress. Uh, Welcome to the loving. What is our name? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) My professionals would edit this out. We're not professionals. And I thought I was the one who was tired this morning. Right. I'm gonna try that again. Brain fog. I'm gonna try it again. We're gonna try it again. Okay. Welcome to the Loving BDSM podcast. If this is your first time listening, glad to have you. And yes, it's like this every week. If you're back for another week, welcome back. Loving BDSM is produced every Tuesday and Friday for your kinky pleasure and education. And show notes are found at lovingbdsm.net. Come back often and feel free to add the podcast to your favorite podcast app. You can also follow the show on Twitter at Loving BDSM, on FetLife at Loving BDSM PC, on Instagram at that handle I will forever fucking hate, Loving DS and the number one. So that's at Loving DS1, or on YouTube at youtube.com slash Loving BDSM, where you can watch us live stream the podcast every Wednesday. All links are in the show notes. A big thanks, as always, to our kinky patrons over on Patreon, including our newest peeps. Uh, we see you. We love you. Fucking appreciate you. Uh, If you'd like to join our kinky community and get access to extra content, including a behind the scenes podcast episode and a monthly live Q&A and a Discord server with a group of super cool, super nice, super fun uh, kinksters, uh, you can do that. Just join us at Patreon, patreon.com slash Kayla Lord. That's patreon.com slash Kayla Lord or use the link in the show notes. And again, the show notes are at lovingbdsm.net. Okay, so I'm taking over the mouse and I'm getting my notes pulled up. Um, Before we get into anything, I do want to say as a way to acknowledge the world we live in, even though we we focus on other things here. uh, If you are a parent who uh, felt a little weird dropping your child off at school today. You're not alone, okay? And if you saw, in the US at least, and you saw a heightened police presence, you're also not alone, because I saw that too. Um, sometimes the world is absolutely awful. We're not talking about it here because that's not that's not what we do here, but I will acknowledge that, <clears throat> did, do I have been hugging my babies a little bit closer? Uh, <laughs> lately, yeah, yeah, I have. <sighs> America. Okay, so let's actually get into what we're here for. Um, uh, announcement, shameless self-promotion, because I'm trying to get better at that. Just want to remind everybody officially, formally, uh, that we do have a little baby, Loving BDSM Etsy shop. It currently has two whole products, but if somebody will like make time go by faster so we can have our business meeting slash lunch date on Friday to talk about these things, we should soon have more products. Thanks. Uh, Loving BDSM Etsy, link in the places. Um, two workbooks right now, they're digital downloads. So you can download them and use them on your tablet or computer or whatever, or you can print them 
like at home if you want, that's fine. Um, the first one is 30 Days of DS Workbook. It's our very original first thing, like little program we ever did. It's all the same prompts from the same program that we've had, but it's just been given a facelift. It is designed for people who are new to the idea of power exchange, even if you're single or you're in a new power exchange and one of you, well, either even both of you are still trying to figure out what these things mean to you. It is kind of the basics. It's more of a BDSM 101 level. The second workbook, which is our newest, is 30 Days of DS Volume 2, and it is more advanced. It is for the people who have negotiated their power exchange. You kind of know what kinks you're doing. You kind of know what you're trying to do. You kind of know your dynamic. But now you gotta deal with the stuff that nobody seems to talk about in BDSM 101, like what happens when you're stressed? What happens when you're angry? What happens when you fuck up? What happens when your physical, mental, or emotional health like torpedo everything and you can't do shit? Uh, there is a small section like related to sex as well, even though not all kinksters uh, are doing the sex thing. There's a thing about what happens when low libido like fucks you up because you're not getting fucked because you probably don't want it or at least one of you doesn't and it's a thing. Um, so it's that kind of stuff. So. You don't have to do 30 days of DS in order to be able to do the volume two. Um, you can do them back to back. You can skip the one you don't need, like all of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's on our Etsy shop. Links in the places. And uh, as a yet another um, little promo for our Patreon, uh, you get a pretty hefty discount if you're one of our kinky patrons. Cool, so I'll go sign money. up. Man, <laughs> go sign up. Okay. So now we're going to get into the, you know, actual uh, topic, and that is perfectionism, which is not in a healthy, positive way, a topic that's near and dear to my heart. <laughs> um, I do want to, I want us to talk about how perfectionism impacts power exchange. And there is a big part of me that goes, my perfectionism definitely impacts lots of parts of my life, but I don't think it like screws with RDS, but you you may feel differently about that. So we're gonna get into that conversation. As always, most of the things we'll talk about are from, all of the things really are from our own personal perspective. Mm -hmm. Your results may vary. But before we get into that, let's talk about what perfectionism is. And I pulled what I thought was kind of a nice explainer, like real brief explainer piece uh, online from Psychology Today that defines perfectionism, has some stuff in it about it. Um, but in, and I think most of us kind of understand the concept of perfectionism because the definition is in the name. You're trying to be perfect at something. You're trying mm -hmm. not to make mistakes. The part I wanna start with um, in terms of our conversation today is um, what are the signs that someone is a perfectionist and then the different kinds. Cause um, my experience with my own perfectionism um, will be different than somebody else's. And so it's important to remember that. Mm -hmm. So the signs that somebody is a perfectionist, um, <laughs> perfectionists set uh, unrealistically high expectations for themselves and others. I don't know what you're talking about. They are quick to find fault and overly critical of mistakes. They tend to procrastinate a project out of their fear of failure. I, sorry, stop calling me out. Um, they shrug <laughs> off compliments and forget to celebrate their success. Uh, instead, they look to specific people in their life for approval and validation. Can you see where this might have some implication in a power exchange? 
Um, so then they say that there are three different kinds of perfectionism. Um, Self-oriented perfectionism is imposing an unrealistic desire to be perfect on oneself. Hi, that's me. Uh, Other-oriented perfectionism means imposing unrealistic standards of perfection on others. That could be problematic in a power mm-hmm. exchange. And then socially prescribed perfectionism, I've never really heard of that, but it says involves perceiving unrealistic expectations of perfection from others. Mm. See, I'm just thinking about everything that is the internet, especially our discourse about other people. I'm like, oh, I think many of us suffer from that. Um, So that's kind of a um, quick and dirty. In a nutshell. In a nutshell definition. Um, I was trying to find, they talked about kind of where perfectionism can come from. Um, mm. And they, I can't find it in here now. Did I scroll past it? Have I lost it? I don't know. Um, <laughs> it's, it can be something that is part of anxiety. It can be part of, um, I've been seeing a lot on Instagram because my Instagram reels keep fe- serving me up um, uh, things about ADHD and things about autism which is appropriate to my life right now. So that's fine. But I'm learning a lot. And um, perfectionism is absolutely seen in people with ADHD and autism. Um, And there are people who would be better able to more credibly explain why that might be, but it is Mm -hmm. a thing that pops up. Um, When I first got called out by a professional on my perfectionism, um, I knew I was a perfectionist. I've known Mm -hmm. my whole adult life that I am. Um, but it was in context with a conversation with my therapist who, after hearing about some of my childhood stuff, went, you're a perfectionist, aren't you? <laughs> I was like, well, I am. Yeah. I just thought that's who I was essentially. And he was like, no part of that's your anxiety for sure. And he's like, and part of that is from the childhood trauma. I'm like, and then I looked back and went, mm, yes, yes, I can see that. Um, so the people in our lives at our formative years, having unrealistic expectations of us um, can absolutely create that as well. Um, So it comes from a lot of different places. So um, let's talk about it in terms of um, power exchange. And I want to break that down by the types (laughs) of perfectionism and how we have experienced perfectionism through these the two main types, the um, self-oriented and then the other-oriented. So self-oriented perfectionism, uh, unrealistic desire to be perfect on yourself. You can't make mistakes. Mm-hmm. You're not allowed to get it wrong. Um, the procrastination is absolutely real. That's why I think that my perfectionism has not impacted my life as a submissive because, I mean, beyond what I would consider a, an acceptable level of procrastination that most people will engage in on things mm-hmm. they don't want to do. I don't want to fold the sheets. Okay. But it's a task. So I will eventually, um, my desire to make you proud of me and keep you happy mm-hmm. and be a good submissive. I air quotes around that. Um, will keep me from procrastinating, but I also have to concede that I absolutely will have small, quiet meltdowns if I don't think I'm going to be good at something or if I've made Mm. a mistake. Like the worst Mm. thing I can do in my mind is make a mistake. That is not the worst thing anybody can do. But 
yeah, like I have the expectation and I used to say this with pride and I kind of still do. I'm kind of proud of myself for it. If I make a mistake on something, I will only make that mistake one time. I do not repeat mistakes. Um, I understand I'm saying that with a level of intensity that is probably not healthy. Hi, I'm a perfectionist. <laughs> From the perspective of knowing that I'm a perfectionist, have you seen how that manifests on the receiving end as a dom with a perfectionist um, submissive? I, I, you don't do it a lot. I'm getting better. Okay. You did it more so in the beginning. Okay. Because, yeah, you wanted everything to be absolutely... I wanted it to be just so. Right. You want it to be a particular way. Life runs more smoothly when things are just so. <laughs> I also like efficiency above all else. And get Girl. very cranky when things are not running efficiently. Girl. It's a problem. <laughs> it's a problem. So... I'm I'm gonna backstep just a little bit here, okay? My myself because, um, you know, it, especially when I I first started uh, crafting, when I first started making pens and stuff, I would be out there in my shop and I would want the absolute perfect pen. Mm-hmm. And I kept working at it, working at it, trying to get it just right, trying to get it just right, and. One thing I learned from all that, mm -hmm. it ain't never going to happen. No, there's no such thing as perfection. Um, and and I believe most creators, most artists, um, will always find those imperfections. Mm -hmm. So you know, chasing that perfection is 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 a hamster wheel, so to speak. Sure. So you know. And many times, you know, especially working with the medium I, I do with the wood, um, it's nature. It, it is what it is. It's, you know, no matter what you do, there are going to be imperfections. Mm -hmm. and, and I think what it comes down to is, is owning those imperfections and realizing that they can enhance rather than take away. That is very much the artist's take on it, I think. Which could be. Okay. I have a different take, but All right. I, I still agree so, with you. So, you know, from that, um, I was able to lose my thoughts of expecting sure. perfection. And I think that might be the difference between somebody who has the ability to maybe become a perfectionist and is not there already, but it's it's within them. I think it's within a lot mm -hmm. of people, especially driven, ambitious, goal-oriented people. Like, I, we are not all perfectionists, but many are. Yeah. Um, and creative people, because you want it to look like the thing, the vision in your head. I think that's a sign of somebody going, oh, I could see this being a problem, but it's not quite a problem yet, because I mm -hmm. would not... I would not call you in general in everyday life a perfectionist. You have always been very forgiving, certainly not other oriented perfectionists. And you've always been very forgiving of mistakes, especially if they are not intentionally made and not intentionally repeated. Um, you have, I've watched you go, oh, I fucked that up. And then from the outside looking in, you've kind of shrugged and gone, oh, okay, well we move on. Like mm -hmm. you might not like a fuck up, but you kind of go, oh. the times I've, 
the only times I've ever had to talk you down and go, it doesn't have to be perfect. It just has to be done and you will improve mm-hmm. is when you were, I think, worried. One, there was the disconnect between what you saw in your mind versus what you saw completed. I think that's really common. And two, when you were worried about what other people would think because you were putting your work out there for others to see. My experience of perfectionism is from the cradle. Uh, <laughs> I was a straight A student, not because I needed to be, but because I thought I was a good person if I was. That's not toxic. Um, I had to be the best employee. Mm-hmm. I had to be, you know, I do worry sometimes that my need to be the quote, good girl, in, even in a submissive kinky context comes from the, um, if you praise me, that means I'm good, mm. which is not un- dissimilar to me from if I get it right and there are no mistakes, that means I'm good. <laughs> um, and I think that other than a few times as your early days as a creator, I've, I've never witnessed, you tell me if I'm wrong, I've never witnessed you tie your sense of self-worth to how well you did a thing. Mm. And as a perfectionist, I am still working on untying that and in some ways i've done a a very good job one of the things you you said was that you look at it and you're working with wood and it's about nature and you can't control that and so it will never go exactly like you have it in your head as a creator who puts myself my very imperfect self out on the internet and wants things to be perfect i had to let go of that Mm -hmm. because i realized at a certain point that if I waited for perfection, I'd publish nothing, which means I'd achieve no goals that I set for myself. And so I was able in my work life to go, good enough is good enough and let's get it out there and we can fix it later or we can do it better the next time. Yeah, and and I I think that's how that has carried over with me into other aspects of my life Um, because I can kind of look at things objectively. I mean, yes, if, if, you know something you know i i do not expect perfection and and nothing is ever going to be perfect regardless of what you do so it's like okay is this done well enough that the house of cards isn't going to come tumbling down right you know i i mean if there there's you know a glaring mistake in the foundation mm-hmm. you know we've got a problem you know, but if it all meshes together, you know, okay, there's a little bulge here, there's a little dip there, we're good. Mm-hmm. I would love to have that ability. I'm gaining it. I'm ga- I'm mm-hmm. getting better at certain, at almost all aspects of life. The, the thing as a recovering perfectionist is that I might look like I'm just putting it out there like willy nilly with there might be a typo and there might be a mistake and it's certainly not perfect. Um, what people don't then see is the mm-hmm. internal, oh my God, I suck. Oh my God, yeah. this sucks. This sucks means I suck. That kind of, uh. Um, I finally, on certain things, found that I cared more about reaching the end goal than I did the little bits in between. And I actually do a lot of self-talk about, you know, there was a time when you cared about every every aspect being exactly so and just right. And there were even times when I perfect, yeah. I pra- praised my perfectionistic ways because if you make sure everything is as close to perfect as you can get it, you reduce problems later in terms of a project, in terms of the steps you take to complete mm-hmm. a thing, it takes you longer, 
but when you get to the end result, you have less to worry about. But what I didn't consider was that what the harm I was doing to myself to put that kind of pressure on me when ultimately mm -hmm. the things that I had spent the most time on perfecting, nobody else cared about, didn't matter at all to anybody. And any problems that were gonna come up were fixable, solvable problems. So I yeah. spend a lot of time now going, if I fuck this up, is this fixable? If it's not fixable, I'm gonna take some time. I'm gonna mm -hmm. try and do it right. It, it's like, the other thing I go is, if if a mistake were caught, would I be embarrassed by the mistake, not my, my per perceived lack of imperfection, but by the mistake? No, then it's okay, you know? But I've had to work very hard over the years to do that, and I still don't get it right. I am the first one who will be very, very upset with myself if I forget a task for you. Even yeah. if there are 10 million good reasons why I would have forgotten it, you know? Um, not doing the coffee pot on a night when um, I don't feel well, it was a hectic night, we stayed up too late, we were both distracted. There is still a part of my mind that goes, that's not a good excuse. That's not acceptable. Mm -hmm. You know what you're supposed to do, so do it. Uh, is that the stuff from childhood talking? Yes, yes it is. <laughs> is my internal voice that is negative? Uh, does it sound like a parent figure? Yes, yes it does. Hmm. Uh, but it's still there and I still have to combat that. Now, what I like, love, cherish, and appreciate about you, is that you are very good at delineating between the that was that was that was I hate to use this word but it's the way I interpret it an acceptable mistake meaning that could happen to anybody that wasn't through negligence mm -hmm. that wasn't because you didn't care that wasn't because you didn't listen to me that was an honest mistake right. and it's okay mm -hmm. you know versus uh, I didn't listen to you, I barreled through, I thought I knew, I talked over you yeah. and I fucked something up, which is extremely rare. That goes against every part of my mm -hmm. being, <laughs> not just as a submissive, but as a human, but it can still happen. The differences between those mistakes, you are very clear that it's okay, baby girl, it's, it's fine. Yeah. While I'm berating myself, you're like, <laughs> I need you to calm down because it's not yeah. that serious. And And on the other side of that, I see doms who expect perfection. That's that other oriented perfectionism. I definitely want us to talk about yeah. that. Because I, I think that mm -hmm. is extremely toxic. Yeah. Um, you know, that can really do some damage to somebody. Yes. Yes. So, you know, it's, it's tough. I mean, you know, I do my best to do as good as I can. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel anymore there is enough pressure on me from all over. <laughs> sure. You know, to to try to be absolutely perfect, which is not going to happen. It's no. It I think there's nothing wrong with striving for the best you can do. Mm -hmm. Striving for your, you know, excellence i don't think yeah. there's anything wrong with that I mean, but if that's striving then means that you walk around thinking you or other people are bad or awful or negligent or like something something negative that's the problem but it's it's just like with my my woodworking it's just like with our ds 
I'm always trying to learn new techniques. I'm sure. always trying to explore different things, mm -hmm. try different things. It's it's not about achieving perfection. Right. It's about growth and learning. Yes. Yes, which I love looking back on things that we have done that we do in our relationship that we do in our business life mm -hmm. and seeing that growth and I and those serve as really good reminders that that's really what it's about. However, <laughs> at the beginning of a thing, I yeah. it kind of depends on where my mind is at. I have we haven't had a chance yet to really talk about this. But I know that the conversation is coming based on other things we've said to one another. Yeah. That we are likely not going to revamp our power exchange, but focus on it in ways we just haven't been able to. Right. Um, and there is absolutely a part of me that in, in my heart, in my stomach, in my throat, in my head goes, whoa, am I capable of that? Because what happens, and I don't think this is a perfectionist thing totally, but I think it's a thing that happens with perfectionism. Um, is that we talk about a thing we want to do and my mind jumps to the end result. Mm, not, not the journey in between. Not the journey, not the fact that we will start with baby steps and work our way up to whatever we're trying to achieve and then go from there because that's like the nature of life. I go, we're going to, I'm going to say revamp because it's mm -hmm. not quite right, but it's the best I got. Revamp our power exchange and my mind, even though we haven't even talked about what that'll look like, my mind has gone immediately to the end result, air quote that, of we're back in a groove and you're telling me what to do and you're more forceful and I'm more obedient and like all these things. And panic kind of sets in and then procrastination and then, oh, should we even have this conversation? Maybe I'm not capable of this because I know that I could not make the leap from where we're at today to the vision I see of the end result in my head. Mm -hmm. And of course we couldn't, not in one day, not in one step. But that's for <laughs> me is where the procrastination tends to come in. I procrastinate for two reasons. One, because I really don't give a fuck about this thing and I'm bored. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad I've been able to learn how to separate out my procrastination. But the other part of the procrastination, which is absolutely a sign of perfectionism, is, but it, I'm not going to do it right. It's not going to be, either I go, uh-oh, I might not be able to achieve that end goal per perfection, mm -hmm. air quote. Um, and so why, why even start? Because I'm not going to get there. Yeah. Or... I'm like, but that's the thing I want. And I know we can't get there in one step. And so I procrastinate because I don't want to go through all the baby steps because that's slow and I'm impatient and it's painful. And that's, I know there's all those steps. So that means there's all that room for mistakes. <laughs> and if I can't make it, be it, do it, whatever, quote, perfectly the first time out, then I don't want to at all. And that's not helpful in life. That's not helpful. No, that's, it's not. Sometimes that's it's good. not. As a person with more ideas than I will ever have time in my life, sometimes that's a good way to weed out, do you have too many ideas for shit you want to do? Because if I'm rejecting it because I'm like, I'll never get there. That's not That's not the right reason, you, but it's helpful to It just came to me. You need a protege. A protege? I think that's what the term would be. Like somebody who, you know, you have all these ideas, uh -huh. someone to pick up on some of those ideas as you go along. What I need is a personal assistant, but well. that's a whole other thing. <laughs> um, but 
So that, you know, I'm, I think most people recognize that clearly in your personal goals that aren't about power exchange necessarily weight goals, nutrition mm-hmm. goals, work goals, like whatever, whatever. But I right now, because I know that that conversation is coming, I've seen how you have started behaving. I don't want to say differently because it's behaving the way you once did, but because it's been so long, it is differently. Yeah. Um, and you are leaning into your dominance more and you are asserting your dominance in more overt physical ways. You don't need to in our relationship, mm-hmm. but it's nice when it happens. But I'm react. I'm not reacting like, uh, a sh- you know, a swooning submissive who's like, yes, no, my daddy not. has arrived. <laughs> I'm like, what the hell? Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting spooked like Onyx does if you turn your head towards her too fast. Okay? Like... <laughs> <laughs> and what uh, what ha- ha- happens as a result is I start thinking about the things that are going to happen, which do I know what is going to happen? No, because we have, have we had the conversation? No. But am I that kind of person who tries to anticipate? Yes. yes. Um, that's the anxiety, I think. Um, but also that is the perfectionism. If I can anticipate what you need or what's going to happen, mm-hmm. I can mentally get myself ready for it. So it's more likely to be, quote, right or perfect when it happens but all that does is send me into an anxiety spiral right that helps no one and so then i close myself off i go to my corner and all i want to do is work because that's my coping mechanism (laughs) (laughs) but you see it all comes back to work Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. where weirdly i've let go of some perfectionistic tendencies not completely not completely but i do better over there yeah like (sighs) so that's (laughs) That is our experience with self-oriented. I would, so what I'd like to talk about before we get to other oriented, because I think that has the makings of some toxicity. I think that that can turn into red flags, even if that's not what you mean. So that's another point of knowing yourself, but let's talk about not if you are the perfectionist, but (laughs) if you are the partner dealing with the perfectionist, because we do not, we do not make life easy. Sometimes we Mm-mm. take forever to do a thing because we want it to be just right. We take forever to start a thing because we know we can't make it just right. And we fear that it won't be perfect. So why bother? Um, we berate ourselves over things that you don't care about, but we don't believe you that it doesn't matter. Uh, <laughs> some of these things, what you're going to need as a therapist, like you, you just are if you have access, but like from the outside looking in, do you have any words of wisdom? Do you have any observations? Do you have any things that you would tell people to think about if they know they are the partner of the perfectionist who is slowing everything down with their perfectionism? <laughs> I, I think the biggest thing and, and what I have learned with you mm-hmm. um, is to be patient. I hate that fucking word. But yes, you're right. I agree. Okay. Um, you know, because it it does no good to get short or get angry or, or upset, you know. And I, I just tried to, you know, and you mentioned it earlier. I do things like, you know, no, really, it's okay. You did a good job. Learning, this is fine. Learning to believe you was difficult, but it 
was beneficial in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. um, from a submissive perspective, I feel like I have it easier than a, uh, a dominant who would be a perfectionist would because part of my job is your submissive if we have the trust and the relationship and and you have but for other people if your partner has proven that this they're they're safe for you is going i'm gonna lean into the ds side my daddy said mm -hmm. something to me and i am now being in my mind disobedient by arguing with you and telling you you're wrong can mm -hmm. he be wrong of course he can be mm -hmm. but this is sort of the little bit of the mind fuck i do with myself when you tell me something that I do not believe to be true about me or about a situation, if I know like some level that it's okay if I just, I, you know, I'm not gaslighting myself. I'm, yeah. I'm letting somebody else kind of carry this and and I know I need to get out of, of this, this mm. level of perfectionism is not healthy. Then I will lean into it and I'll let myself be mind fucked and go, but, I, but daddy said so. So it must be, it, I don't have to believe it, but it must yeah. be true. <laughs> I, you know, it's, it, it's, it's a hard thing to grasp, but you know, if, if something's not absolutely perfect, the world's not going to stop revolving around the sun and, and drift off into the solar system. Mm -hmm. You know, it, mm -hmm. it doesn't work that way. Do you want to know when I had, I didn't do anything about it because I was not equipped to do anything about it. I just got angry. And sometimes that's the first step you need to get angry. You want to know when I finally went, maybe this perfectionism bullshit is just that bullshit. First time. Mm -hmm. I busted my ass to be the quote, perfect student in high school to go to college. I made some dumb decisions about going to college that I could have, oh God, I'm trying desperately for the kids to make better decisions. Hmm. Anyway get to college and a few things I noticed. One, everybody that I knew, not everybody, but everybody that I encountered had been the same kind of student and it didn't fucking matter. Like you, there was no ranking we were trying to go for. It just, nobody cared. And that was the other thing, nobody fucking cared. And I got so angry over how hard I had pushed myself mm. to achieve things that felt good at the time to be perfect in ways that felt good at the time. And then to learn, ultimately, it did not really matter. If everybody's like, where did the hum go? That's the, f you're adjusting the fan yeah. so we don't melt during this recording. Mm -hmm. um, and that for me ended up being a first step that took, it was another 15 years in the making before I could do something about it. But to remember the anger of, I drove myself that hard. I've lost sleep, I was stressed. I worried all the time about what, you know, a B on a test might mean. It meant fucking nothing. Um, <laughs> and then I get there and it, it, it mattered to get me into a place I wanted to be and then never mattered again. Like I, my first experience of learning how to be okay with not getting straight A's was college. Um, <laughs> mm. And it was a tough lesson, but it stuck with me. And now I can sit here and go, yes, I still absolutely have those moments where perfectionism fucks me up. But that's where it's like, I think people just have to have a moment. I don't know if it has to be an angry moment. Yeah. <laughs> you just have to have a moment where you kind mm -hmm. of are able to look at something and go, well, that was fucking bullshit. What, what the hell did all yeah. that stress and anxiety and unnecessary extra effort? And that's a really hard mm -hmm. thing to parse out, especially if you're a perfectionist, because there are times when the extra effort really does make a difference. And that's the lure of perfectionism. I've had enough 
times in life where the perfectionism yielded a positive result. I got a good girl. I got the promotion. I got the this. I got the that. So why, you know, mm-hmm. letting it go means I'll naturally make a mistake because everybody does. And I might not get the thing I want. But it's a false sense of belief that it's the perfectionism that got you what you wanted. Not necessarily. Right. Certainly not universally. Definitely not every time. Um, yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about okay. the other side. The other oriented perfectionism where you're a perfectionist, but you may have hard demands on yourself. And, and we've already talked about that. But your demands of perfection are for other people. Other people need to behave a certain way. They need... Um, to perform a certain way. They need to carry themselves a certain way. They need to speak a certain way. And you know what? Sometimes with the right dom, that's hot. (laughs) But that's, you know, I think there can be a fun bit of, sometimes it's a role thing and it's kinky fuckery. And sometimes it's how you decide to set up your relationship where there's something to that, where it's like people want to know what is expected of them and you have high expectations of your partner. And so you lay those expectations Mm -hmm. out. The question is what happens when somebody does not meet your expectations? And that's where the kinky fuckery and the, the right air quote protocol for you can get into some really bad areas also that's just one side of it you can have the high expectations think that you know your partner is supposed to be a certain way and then be shocked when you can never find somebody ever who rises to that level there then has to be an internal conversation of are you actually setting achievable expectations right or and what is your perfectionism doing to your partner Exactly, because that 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 could be destroying them. That that can be tearing down their their confidence. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, oh my God, am I ever going to be good enough? You know, right? Oh yeah. God, that and, feeling. And, and, and that is horrible. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, I do my best not to do that to you, mm-hmm. but I did get a little. You know, outside of DS, I did get a taste of that yesterday because of someone who didn't do what they we're supposed to do well not you oh not you not you at all (laughs) i was like wait what did i miss no not you at all (laughs) a a conversation that i had in the car yesterday yes that made my blood pressure go too (laughs) right right okay i'm with you now i was like what did i do that i forgot no not you not you girl (laughs) my self-perfectionism was about to freak out yeah no um, you know, I think my problem, it's, it's not so much that I expect perfectionism. Right. No. But do what you're supposed to do something. Do something. And I think there's the difference. There's one thing. It is okay to have expectations of others. First of all, you need to communicate those expectations until you need to manage your expectations by being aware of the situation around you Mm -hmm. and around that person, being Mm -hmm. aware of what they're capable of. Um, We all know over promisers and under deliverers. Well, my expectations become very low of that person. I'm not going to bully them and berate them into a, attaining some level of excellence that they have already proven they cannot attain. 
I'm going to manage my expectations for that. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that is the difference. And I think that sometimes, you know, I can, I can hear, I can hear some doms out there going, what do you mean? I can't have high expectations. Hell yeah, you can. Right. But they have to be based on the person you're dealing with and the reality of the situation. But it's something we've talked about before. Realistic expectations. Absolutely. And I, I find something challenging in a, and I would say a positive way and even kind of sexy about the power exchange where a dom kind of pushes the goalposts a little bit get you Mm -hmm. know collaboratively gets their partner to stretch themselves a bit to maybe achieve things they didn't think possible but one you don't do that out of the gate and two you still got to read the fucking room and so you know we're kind of talking about or maybe we definitely are i don't know the other oriented perfectionism from a dom perspective submissives can have that too um sometimes this can be putting your partner up on a pedestal and you are going to be very sad when they inevitably fall off of it um or it's having these again high expectations are not necessarily bad but unrealistic expectations of how a dom is going to behave or perform Mm -hmm. or what they're going to do and then being disappointed by every single person you come across and then you find the person who is able to do the things and you pop them up on that pedestal and they fall off and it's fucked everything up at that point so you know this is not just a dom thing but when a dom potentially is like that the potential for um harming someone else Mm -hmm. certainly throwing up red flags that you don't intend as red flags but they're coming across that way are higher and the potential Mm -hmm. damage is higher because of what a submissive or bottom kind of takes on within the role Mm -hmm. um i mean one one of the things we have tried to do um you know especially early on when we got together you know we knew going from long distance to being together things would be different and we started working at things to incorporate them into our day-to-day in our faces Mm -hmm. life and not everything worked and and i you know i did not go to you you didn't do it right that wasn't perfect Mm -hmm. no we you know we worked through this stuff and then came a point we sat down okay how is this working is it doing good? Is it is it not doing good? What can we change to make it better? The other thing you did when we were together that I appreciated and I think is is a good takeaway for others, when there was something you wanted me to physically do that I had not done before, mm-hmm. even if it was something I had done, but you wanted me to do it in a different way. Before you ever set me off on my own to just do it, you walked me through, if I needed it multiple times, step by step, first mm-hmm. you do this then you th- i remember for a while we were using because coffee service is part of our power exchange right we were using a, a french press and i had never used a french press i don't have mm-hmm. a fucking clue um and before you ever went i'm just gonna issue the you know order command go make me a coffee with the french press we spent a couple of days with you showing me how to do it now right the thing about me and it's it is part of my perfectionism <laughs> And it's a thing I've, I've done in my whole life 
if you show me how to do something step by step, mm-hmm. I will not deviate maybe for years. <laughs> like other people will go, you know, there's another way. I'll go, no, no, this is how it was shown to me. This is how I know how to do it. This is how I'll do it. It takes me a while to finally get like comfortable to go, maybe I'll try a little that, thing. That but- is something with you <laughs> that since day one, still try to work on because when she gets on that road, to Rome, there's only one road. Because it's the road I know, and yeah. nothing can bad, nothing bad can happen to you if you stay yeah. on the road you know. But and my, and I'm be like, but baby girl, all roads lead to Rome. There's you, I can't deviate different from ways. Path. I can't same result. That's the anxiety. <laughs> anyway, my point to that was what you would do, and it was not often you needed to, but I noticed it. I remember it to this day. Mm-hmm. If I struggled with a step either remembering it or like understanding the mechanics because i'm not good in physical spaces with movement in my body parts like i just what no i'm a mental girl okay um you would find other ways to explain it to me or slow down the process and to give me time to get it Mm -hmm. instead of going well i showed you once you should fucking get it and no you were part of it was the patience and part of it was meeting me where i was to get me to a point where you wanted me to that i think is just a thing that if if you are power exchange and you're working on submissive training of any sort that aren't just independent activities that a submissive can do like hold your body this way or maintain eye contact or whatever but it's like you're asking them to do, do things that are step by step that is part of it it's either you know how to do it so show me that method so i at least have a Mm -hmm. base to learn from or point me in the direction of the resources so i can learn it and then give me the time and space and grace to learn it and then send me off on my own like no because ultimately in that case you wanted your coffee to taste away you wanted it to be good you wanted it to be hot right it served nobody if you refused to help me figure it out and get decent enough at it that you can just let me go and let me do but, it. But if I didn't, then I would be setting you up for failure. If I yes. didn't work with you enough right. to for you to get what you're doing, yeah, that that's setting you up for failure, which, which is a whole other thing too, which sure. isn't. And yeah. I would say if you are the perfectionist partner who has the high expectations of others, that might be the way to keep yourself in check. If I don't teach them how to do this, I set them mm-hmm. up for failure, which nobody wants. Because here's the thing, mistakes are not failures. Mistakes are mistakes, failures are something separate. Perfection, it's like a spectrum, right? Like you've got perfectionism on the one end, failure's not really on the other end of perfectionism, but for the purposes of our conversation, mm-hmm. let's pretend it is. And in the middle, you've got mistakes mistakes can lead to failures have enough of them and it's done fucked Mm -hmm. up um have fewer of them or milder mistakes and you still have a good outcome right right like that's really the spectrum good outcome failure perfectionism will tell you you're never allowed to go to failure and you're never allowed to have a mistake in the middle that's how you get a good outcome that's unrealistic. And I think most of us know that's unrealistic, but if you are the one who's the perfectionist and you're projecting that onto your partner, Mm -hmm. you are potentially setting them up for failure. Also, the other thing to think about is what does that do to a person if the 
end result is what you wanted, mm-hmm. but you're somehow nitpicky over how they got there. Like you've just taken this person who wants to do a thing for you because they're your submissive or wants your praise or whatever it is that submissive partner is getting out of the deal. And you've torn them down and torn the whole thing down mm-hmm. over something that ultimately and in the grand scheme of things doesn't fucking matter. You're yeah. killing your own relationship before you even get started. I mean, like, I, I've used, I've, I've, I believe I've said this before on, on the podcast. I know I've said it other times in, in life to people. How many times did Thomas Edison fail before he finally got a working light bulb? I like your analogy, but I'm going to imperfectly give you a little history lesson. Okay. He mostly hired other people to do those ideas and or stole them from them. But yeah, I know well, what you're saying. But, like, to get to the finished product, there had to be a lot of failures right. along the way. There had to be a lot of mistakes. There had to be a lot of things that didn't go right. And, right. and I, I understand that. Okay. But it, okay. yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it, it, it is a progression. You can't grow without failure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you can't, even not even the, the big part of failure, you can't grow without just small mistakes. Right. So you out there who are like, I and or my partner or potential partner eh, are the perfectionist. And I'm trying to get to picture in your mind your version of the ideal power exchange couple goals or what you're trying to achieve, right? Whatever that is, if it is JB and myself, please don't, but also, okay, fine. If it's us, it shouldn't be us, but if it's us, Mm -hmm. guess what? We have fucked it up along the way, all the way. We didn't get to this point, the place you're trying to get to in your mind of whatever you're envisioning, you do not get to on the first day. No. It is a process of going one direction and going, oh, something about this doesn't work, backtracking a little bit, going another direction, backtracking, going another direction, going, oh, I totally done fucked up, fixing it. Sometimes the fuck ups are genuine failures. The relationship fails. It doesn't mean you can't get to the goal you have in your mind. Also, there's something to be said for the conversation that might be too big for the scope of this episode about the picture you have in your mind might not be realistic at all. And you're striving for something you'll never achieve. And if that's making you miserable, that's a whole other thing we need to unpack. Mm. But that's the point. Like, we get the comments. I see the comments. I don't ever know how to respond to them, but I see the comments where people are like, y'all are amazing. I want a DS relationship like that. We did not start here. And we still work on it to this day. Right. The, the, the times you see us at our best, <laughs> sometimes this is the one hour in a day where we're, tr- we're truly at our best. Yeah. <laughs> yep. um, lately, it's, it has been rough because life... Yeah has decided, you know, mm-hmm. it's, this is a good time to fuck with you. Have fun. Um, <laughs> yeah. What keeps yeah. us moving through that and able to move through that is that one, we forgive each other for the oopsie mistakes that are not intentional and not harmful. Um, we see each other's humanity, which means we automatically mm-hmm. know the other one cannot be perfect. I would never expect perfection out of you. Ever, ever, ever. 
I, for like half a minute, did put you up on a pedestal, and I still remember when you fell, and we recovered. And we and I I, I told her right from the very beginning in our relationship, do not put me up on a pedestal because I will make a mistake, and I will disappoint you. Right. And you even said it, and I still did it. And I know that we've said here, don't do that. You will totally still do that if you're new or if it's a new relationship. Like, I get it. I get it. But I think the act of having heard don't do that or the person will fall from that pedestal or whatever, whatever, mm -hmm. actually kind of softens the blow when it happens because you're like, oh, right. yes, I was told this would happen. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it's it's so strange to me that I am because I'm a self-oriented perfectionist, I expect perfection for myself because I've tied myself worth or I used to tie myself worth to that. And I don't expect it from you. I am I am actually I'm glad you are who you are <laughs> and I'm not in a bad relationship with a person who does not deserve this because I had that relationship in the vanilla world. I want to forgive you any mistake you make and I'm capable of it. That is how I stayed in a 12 year relationship that was back for me before mm -hmm. you. Okay. Because I can forgive mistakes. I, I tend to be more lenient on the kids because I see the context around their mistakes. And sometimes I'm like, well, I'll forgive you. I'll forgive you anyway. I'll forgive a mistake. But you know, like I'll be, I'll go easier on you because I understand all the context. Sometimes that's a good thing. And sometimes it's like, but actually have to, we have to address the mistake yeah. that happened. Yeah. And I struggle with that because when I love you, I can forgive you almost anything. That is not always healthy. That's not good okay? either. <laughs> but it means I don't expect you to be perfect. Yeah. You know, I've, I've, I escaped that side of perfectionism. Um, I actually have, outside of the people I care about and trust, I have low mm -hmm. expectations for others, which is why I don't have high standards for the rest of the world. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, sometimes that's good, but also that can sometimes make me sound pessimistic. I keep that all to myself. Um, but for myself, it's fucking sky high. It used to be, I say that it used to be sky high. The perfectionist in me um, could not have a, this podcast that we have because the perfectionist in me, still to this day, I'll go through a spiral after an episode. I'll, I'll be convinced mm -hmm. it's the worst ever. I made no sense. We should have better editing. We should take care of our sound, but like, I'll do all of that in my head. But the recovering part of me lets it go out into the world anyway genuinely the episodes where I walk away internally freaking out thinking it was the worst thing we've ever done are the ones where people usually say that was the most helpful <laughs> and the ones where I try to plan it out to the nth degree and sound like the professionals that we are not we don't get hate on them but we mm -hmm. get less feedback <laughs> yeah the nice yeah. thing is what I've learned is that being my messy imperfect self is sometimes exactly what is needed and it is the perfect air quote that solution option um getting comfortable with that has been difficult if you are a perfectionist and you ever find yourself in that situation where the imperfect version of you or the imperfect thing you did is actually the thing you're celebrating for that's a mind fuck but i think it's helpful too mm -hmm. which is the the rallying cry, the hopefully this will push some folks to do the thing they're afraid of doing that they're procrastinating on because it won't be perfect. It'll never be perfect. Um, no. If I did not learn how to let myself be imperfect in a air quote public way where others could see me, started with my blog and here we are now, <laughs> I wouldn't be where I am now. 
That does not mean that I have solved it for every other facet of my life. But going through the act of doing the thing I'm terrified to do and the world not falling down around my ears mm-hmm. then becomes the self-fulfilling prophecy of, oh, wait, I did that hard thing and it didn't all go to shit. Maybe I can do that thing again. And you get enough experience of it not yeah. falling apart or the imperfect version being good enough, it becomes easier to let yourself be imperfect. Um, just as in all of the times over almost 10 years of knowing you, that you have easily and quickly and with zero malice, anger, aggravation, anything forgiven an honest, genuine mistake means I know I don't have to be perfect. I will still have the moment of self beration <laughs> when I'm like, I forgot the thing. <laughs> <laughs> and I will still have the moment of, oh, I'm awful. I suck. But those moments are shorter and I recover from them faster and they mm-hmm. don't paralyze me the way they once would. Like had I had, the problem is, is I didn't have enough experience in the beginning of our relationship living together of screwing up. So, because I was so hyper aware that it all had to be perfect. So I was really tense. Yeah. But when things just happened, cause that's the nature of life. You can't be perfect all the time. Sure. Your reaction was what I needed to learn time and time again, that it's okay. That it's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, hmm. um, we have solved nothing in this episode. Um, everybody, not everybody will experience perfectionism. Jamie is, uh, kind of a prime example you've had you have your moments with your creative endeavors mm-hmm. and i think that's really common for creative people yeah. but it's something that you can if you put down your creative endeavors it it's not hitting you in other parts of your life and you're i don't get a sense tell me if you if i'm wrong i don't feel like you you tie your self-worth as a creative person to how perfect the outcome is do you no no right. i i do my best to not do that mm-hmm. Um, I, I think I started going down that slope a little bit in the beginning mm-hmm. and, and I yanked you back. Yeah. You know, multiple I, times. I, I got, I got pulled back from the brink. I was before. not going to let what I have seen so many other creatives go through that self doubt and that perfectionism. I was not going to fucking let that stop you mm-hmm, from doing mm-hmm. what you're capable of. I was like, Oh, hell, fuck. No, we're not going there. My point is though, is that obviously not everybody is a perfectionist, but those of us who are perfectionists, whether we're self-oriented, other-oriented, a combination, socially, whatever, whatever, we're gonna experience it in different ways. It's gonna manifest in our lives in different ways. It's gonna affect different parts of our lives in different ways. Mm -hmm. Um, It is possible that you're like, I know I'm a perfectionist, and yet something about your power exchange is not touched by it in the same way it touches other parts of your life. Uh, I think I saw in the live chat, X was the one who said, well, I I consider myself a perfectionist and it hasn't hasn't served me badly if I read Mm -hmm. that, I apologize X if I got that wrong. Um, And you might have that experience. I, I succeeded as a perfectionist for a long time. From the outside looking in, I, I was doing good things. It was internally. It was the amount of sleep I lost. It mm-hmm. was how I spiraled like mentally. If a small mistake was made or could be made, cannot tell you how many times I cried in either the ladies' bathroom or my boss's office when I worked in the like the semi corporate mm-hmm. world over a mistake that ultimately didn't fucking matter. 
just didn't matter. Um, so I think that there, nothing is all bad or all good, but I think it's in the understanding who we are and how, in this case, perfectionism may play a role in our, our lives and in our power exchange and how that affects us and the people around us. If you're not being negatively affected by something and you're not, your partner's not being negatively affected, then go out there and do you and be you. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. if you're in, if you're constantly feeling self-doubt, if you're not working on or achieving goals you want, if you feel like something is happening because no relationship is working out ever and you can point it back to this, then that means that's something that you're gonna have to deal with in some way. <laughs> I've been very fortunate, yes, with therapy, which I haven't been in a few years at this point, but also with a lot of self-reflection and just actively working on it. Um, not intentionally, I didn't know I was working on it, but I ultimately was working on it. Hmm. I'm better than I used to be. I don't think I will ever mm-hmm. not be a perfectionist on some level. Um, quite frankly, I like being good at shit. I like the compliment that comes with, damn, like you did that. And that was amazing. And I'm like, yeah, you don't, you don't know what I went through to do it. (laughs) Um, I I will also always live for the good girl from the appropriate person. Uh, (laughs) Nothing can make all my parts pucker and dry up like a good girl from the wrong person. Like if I didn't ask for it and we don't have, there's no, no. I've turned myself (laughs) inside out and it's, it's desiccated. Oh my. Like it's it's so dry. So anyway, (laughs) that was my little rant. Your little little rant there. Okay. Um, you got anything else you want to say about perfectionism? Um, I don't think so. Okay. Uh, I think we've we've pretty much, excuse me, pretty much said it, said what we had to say, you know. Other it's a topic than, um, I've wanted to talk about for a long I know. time. And, you know, like you said, we, we probably didn't solve anything, but hopefully we've given folks some good food for thought. This That's what I want from almost every episode we do. You don't have to agree with us. You don't have to have the to relate to our experience, but if mm-hmm. it gets you to think about something and to examine something within your own life or yourself a little bit more closely than maybe you have, then our work here is done. So, bonus section? Sure. Okay, we're gonna do a bonus section. Let's, mm-hmm. We really are back to like, air quote, normal. Mm. So are we good? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> it's not for me to say. Okay. <laughs> Keep Keep it it kinky, kinky, y'all. I'll see you next week. Daddy. Yes, baby girl. Can I talk to the crickets, please? You always want to talk to the crickets. I love talking to the crickets. I know you do. It makes me happy to talk to the crickets. Does it, though? It does. Do they make you really, really happy? So happy. I'm glad that something makes you happy. Sometimes your sadistic side does, but not always. <laughs> and that's all I'm going to say about that. Mmm. Mmm. Go ahead and talk to the crickets, girl. Oh, thank you, Daddy. Mm. Jesus, God. Oh, mighty damn. <laughs> you make me work for that. I love you. <laughs> Do you know how many weapons of mass destruction are right behind me?
I also know you don't even really need those That's to make true. me miserable. That's right. <laughs> okay, bonus <laughs> section time. For anybody new, this is the point in the episode where we just chit chat about our personal lives. It has nothing to do necessarily with power mm-hmm. exchange. And if you do not like idle chit chat, get out while you can. Um, let's see. <laughs> <laughs> I realized over our hiatus, a lot of people like found us in different ways. And, and so it's like, let me just put that out there. 300 and however many episodes later. <laughs> just, this will be 308. 308. So, so, uh, Lola decided to howl while we were recording a video this morning. Yes, well, that was your fault. How was that my fault? You wanted the window covered to because dim the light. We took and down that a, took away her sun patch. We took down a window covering on the door that leads <laughs> to the backyard, and the Florida sun keeps deciding at the best time for us to record that it is time for it to come out and shine. And so it washes, it's so bright, it washes out us completely. Yeah. So we covered it. Hopefully this will help. And yes, you're right. Lola did not have her sun patch. But sometimes we have to make sacrifices for the greater good. <laughs> also, she howled. And I was like, I, we kind of let it go because it wasn't like her big uh, woo howl. It was like a little like little, like little warning howl. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, I don't know what she's howling about. And then finally, in the middle of recording, I'll get to edit out this little blooper. I was like... You think I'm just let her out? And you're like, go, yeah, for, go it. for it. I open the fucking door. She just looks at me like I'm crazy. Like, wh- why are you opening the door? What possible <laughs> purpose would that serve? What would make you think that I howled so I could go out? And never mind, she's three feet away from the door. And that is usually her signal that she's ready to go outside. But whatever. I was clearly off my fucking rocker. <sighs> but she's good. <laughs> um... The, I mentioned at the top, I think, did I mention it in the butt rub on YouTube or did I? I don't know. So this was probably a repeat for some folks. Onyx went on a hunger strike. Yeah. I mean, we keep religiously to the same brand. We know they like Friskies. The one mistake I did make, Onyx is not a huge fan of the seafood flavors. Correct. There are some she likes more than others. I can't, I always get it. She loves tuna. I know she loves tuna. Not a fan of salmon. Like, it's like get that pink shit away from me. <laughs> but for like a month or two, it had been the type of wet cat food that's the bits and the gravy. Yeah. And it took, she ate it, but it took her a bit to warm up to it. And then because there apparently are wet cat food shortages on Frisky's side, it was hard to find that, and right. I found what I could through Chewy, even though that is not the cheapest place to get your wet cat food, just so you know, Sam's Club. Um, and I didn't pay attention to the flavor. I was like, oh, but they've had the pate before for ages. Mm-hmm. This should be fine. This bitch refused to eat breakfast and dinner for three days. Yeah. And I was ready to call the vet, and then here's what's funny. I was watching Instagram reels because that's what I do. Okay, when I'm bored and nothing's on YouTube. Um, and somebody did a reel with literally their black cat, which was also hilarious. And it just it was the picture of this cat looking all innocent. And the, the text over it said, cat didn't eat for three days. Took her to the vet because I was worried. Found out she was on a hunger strike. And yeah. that's when I went, she's on a goddamn hunger strike. Yeah. And X, we, we didn't do it on purpose. We couldn't to find, change your food, yeah. Yeah, we didn't couldn't do it on purpose to change your food. We couldn't find it. Nobody couldn't had it. Find it. We couldn't find it. So, you know, yeah. 
And I would not have gotten the pate over the other part, except that they have before, I mean, they've eaten the pate. And I hope it was, I'm worried that's the flavor, not the pate. She's clearly finally hungry yeah. enough. She ate today. Huh. I was like, okay. Now on, on the upside of all that, mm -hmm. with Onyx being on a hunger strike, <laughs> Ella, <laughs> Was, was having elevenses. Oh my God! Two breakfasts and two, <laughs> two dinners. dinners. <laughs> now, thankfully, she's a very food motivated cat. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. She will stop eating when she's full, or right. maybe just so stuffed that she's sick. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. So there were times she literally ate every morsel of what was left in Onyx's bowl, and then there were times she'd leave some, like she was done. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, Ella. So. <laughs> Onyx's hunger strike trained Ella to wait. So what was happening when Onyx is presented with strange food that she is uncertain of, it's new to her in some way, she will only eat it in our bedroom with the door shut. Total privacy and total darkness. She doesn't want it any other way. And I just wanted her to eat. I didn't care how she ate it. Yeah. So that's where we kept moving her bowl when she was like, mm, I'm not so sure about this. So that taught Ella to wait outside the bedroom door because we would yeah. keep the door shut until we were positive that Onyx was not fucking eating it. And then we'd open the door and we could have picked up the bowl, but sometimes we were just in a hurry and Ella would just streak in like, oh, mm -hmm. jackpot. And you know, really same girl. Cause if I thought I could justify two breakfasts and two dinners to myself, there are days. <laughs> where I would, yeah. Um, but yeah. So Ella's about to be, and she was this morning. She was, she got just like a couple of bites left over from Onyx's bowl, cause Onyx ate most of it. Mm -hmm. But I did notice during the hunger strike that Onyx was on the prowl at all the doors where if a bug's coming in, it's probably gonna be there uh, consistently. Yeah. She was hunting. She oh, was yeah. not completely going hungry. No, no, It was no. not enough to sustain life. I was getting worried about her. I would have maybe given it a day or two more before I would have been like, we need to right. do need something. Right, do something here, yeah. But <laughs> Lord. These girls. Mm-hmm. So mm -hmm. that's that. Yep. Um, you and I have a lunch date on Friday. We do. We were, we have an, a, I wouldn't call it a date. We were supposed to go like have a drive and a conversation to plan something tonight. It's turned into, we need to go to the grocery store because we know how to live on the edge and live a very exciting we life. We do, we do. But I've been thinking of it kind of as a, a Diet Coke date <laughs> all week. It is something, it's a conversation I want us to have. It's a good conversation. Yeah. But yeah. I've been anticipating tonight and Friday at lunch, like all, since we decided it. Like this week is moving so slow as a result. It, it, it is kind of, I, I, I don't disagree with you. This This week seems to be, dragging a little bit in some ways um i'm i'm a little tired today we were up a little later last night than we you went to normally lunch last are. Night. I, I went to went to the munch last night we had our our in-person munch here um i intend i attended um hadn't been the last couple months for you know right the re reasons that were um and uh, it was nice, it, and it was a big group. There were 30 people there. That, I almost went last night, 
we're going to see if I, I may go next month. Mm -hmm. But when you said 30 people, I went, <gasps> so you're saying am I, when I when I potentially go for the first time, there are going to be 30 strangers staring at me? <laughs> now, I, I will say this. The the place that they hold the munch at, it's, it's a big room. Mm. So it's not like, you know, people are... It's not a family style where I got to sit next to a bunch of strangers. Right. It's, I mean, it, it's spread out that, you know. So we could have a table for just two with no room for anybody else to sit down. You could walk by and stand there, but people get tired of standing, so they move on pretty quickly. We could do that. <laughs> you know, I understand the irony of being a person who will talk to total strangers, many of whom are completely anonymous to me on the internet and being like terrified of a group of like 15 to 30 real actual <laughs> humans that are also kingsters so you know slightly less judgy than your average person but still it's intimidating so, but but it was nice i mean there there were um you know a lot of the the regulars mm -hmm. regular folks there which was nice mm -hmm. um some new folks mm -hmm. that were there uh, lots of good conversation, you know. Did yeah. it sort of recharge your batteries? It it did. It did. Um, I I I I can't lie. I felt a little awkward mm -hmm. at first um, after not having gone for for the two months and kind of the reason that I didn't go with you know with everything with my mom. It felt weird. Mm -hmm being there um but once i had something to eat and and some of the conversation got going it was easier to sure kind of kind of feel more yourself again. yeah mm -hmm. yeah you also came bearing gifts like there's there's a benefit for true. a certain somebody being in your local community because you had basically what we would call seconds kind of things that we would never sell factory seconds yeah so they yeah. were perfect <laughs> they they were things you would like prototype that didn't I, I tried different techniques and different things right. with and so perfectly usable out. but not and then we had a couple things that had small mistakes that mean we just won't sell them um and you were like goodies for all <laughs> Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, including, including, please retell the story of your encounter with the person serving the air. This, the this lunch. was hilarious. So what I had brought with me were um, mostly a lot of slapsticks. Mm -hmm. And there were several slapsticks in there that I had these were from the very beginning of, of when I first started trying pyrography, wood burning. Wood burning, yeah. And I, I had some of these sticks, you know, it said sassy, bad girl, and... Bad boy. Bad boy, brat, things like that on there. They were just been practice ones to they, see They had just been practice ones. They, they, they were they're rough around the edges and whatnot. And... Um, I thought, you know what, let me bring, uh, I'll let folks, you know, if they want, they can have it, take it, you know, and, and enjoy. So I had taken this stack of slapsticks and put them, I, you know, everybody done eating, put them on, on the table in front of me. And next thing I know, I hear over my shoulder, oh, I like that. I could use one of those. And I look around. 
it was the waitress. And she's looking at? The one that says bad boy. (laughs) (laughs) And she's like, yeah, I could use one of those. I picked it up, handed it to her, and she was like, cool, thank you. (laughs) Put it in the back pocket and walked away. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love so it. it 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 made and and myself and the several people that were sitting around uh, were all kind of like <laughs> mouth hanging open for a second there. <laughs> you never know. You never know. Right. Right. That was awesome. <laughs> so, but no, it, it was it was a good time. It I I always enjoy going to this munch. Um, it, it was a really good time, and like I say, I, I connected with with some folks on on in some conversation that you know hadn't done for done so in in some time, and. Uh, you know, made some new friends. So it, it was a good evening. It was a really good evening. Mm-hmm. You needed it. Yeah. You definitely came yeah. back. The vibe was more. Me? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 There, there's, I don't know that it'll ever be a topic, but it could be a topic on watching your partner grieve. From a submissive mm-hmm. perspective, I I can say a service it is it's hard because i want to serve to make it better and you can't um i can just support a person as best you can based on what they want and need but even though i knew you were disappointed that i did not go and i told you my reason why i i would have gone but i'm not and we'll talk about next month and whatever um and i i felt really awful because i knew i disappointed you and i don't like doing that um (laughs) i don't like it at all um it felt it the vibe was better when you came back and i was like okay he can Mm -hmm, not that you mm -hmm. couldn't before but i'm like he can go to all the fucking munches just go just have a good time (laughs) (laughs) refill the well there because i'm i'm here for it and and today your your mood has been a little bit lighter a little bit lighter yeah Yeah. and that's all you can ask during a time like this and it's a it's a process as is everything which fucking sucks but there you are um and it's not a straight line no it's very much a scribbledy line oh yeah so yeah taking the good while we got it Mm -hmm, mm mm-hmm i'm a little less grumpy polar bear today yes a little less not not a whole lot but a little you're also reveling in your grumpiness in a way that you hadn't been um in the past few weeks rightly so because mm-hmm. you <laughs> before you would be grumpy polar bear and i would respond in my baby girl way like pre everything basically pre mid-march right and yeah. you would have a no patience and tolerance for it like Bitch, I'm grumpy for a fucking reason, and you're silly. You could never say that, but that was the attitude. Your silliness is not pulling me out of it. In the past couple days, your grumpy polar bear and I, on a smaller level, because I learn lessons quickly, <laughs> respond in my baby girl way, and you respond in your daddy way, and I go, "Yes, there he is. There he is. I missed him. Right. There he is." Right. 
And I also quite frankly, I know that tomorrow could be a different day and a different thing. And we're just stumbling through, just stumbling through. So I'm trying to think if there's anything else for bonus section. I got, I got stuff going on, but it's all like really unresolved stuff with like nothing to Mm -hmm. say yet, if ever. So it's like, (laughs) I got ideas for our Etsy shop. Loving BDSM on Etsy link and all the places. Um, I'm very excited about them and I I get very excited about ideas in the idea phase and then I get terrified in the making them phase. So I'm a little like, I'm leery because I know how I am because we're gonna talk about my ideas this Friday. Well, I I can tell you're excited about them because ever since the time I said, well, we'll talk about it at lunch Friday, you're like, is it Friday yet? I know. Is it Friday? And a couple yet? times I've been is Friday here I've yet? been doing my research on a couple of the ideas and I'm so like enthusiastic about them. I've almost started talking about them, but you laid down the boundary that it was like Friday at lunchtime, I'll give you my full attention. And I've literally like pulled back the words, like, Oh, it's not Friday, it's not time. It's killing me though. Because I'm so excited, which yeah. I get very frustrated with myself. Because I get excited, you give the green light, and then procrastination hits because I'm terrified of actually doing the thing. <laughs> because there's part, what if I can't actually do this the way I envision, and part, oh shit, what if I can't? <laughs> I think being um, fearful, nervous, afraid of succeeding at the thing is a legit thing that happens. Mm. I cannot explain why it happens. I don't know what's going on. But there, there's, there's that. Um, yeah, uh, the kids' last day of school is, to- well, if uh, you're listening on the podcast, I'll just say Thursday is tomorrow from our perspective mm-hmm. when we're recording. Um, and everybody is ready for it. Oh, yeah. Including me, including me. Yeah. I came home today. You looked at me while I was rinsing out the vomit bowl and you just went, you just got one more day. You just got one more day. I was like, that's what I told him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One day. Yeah. And then, okay, okay. Uh, I think, I th- I'm sure, I'm positive my phone listens to me. I'm watching, okay, every story starts with, I'm watching reels. I'm watching reels. <laughs> and it's a school nurse who's like doing her makeup while explaining like her week or whatever. And she's, this was elementary school. She said a fascinating thing. She's like, I've got a student who vomits every day at school. Like it's known that this child's going to vomit. And apparently they've worked out a system where, the nurse like helps him or, you know, comes and gets him or whatever, whatever. The kid conned a substitute who didn't know better and went, oh, well, I vomit every day at this, around this time, but I have to go to the nurse's office and do a coloring sheet, um, you know, to help, help me maybe not vomit. And she goes, the kid came to my office, did the coloring sheet, got out of a whole class and then still vomited. And I was like, and I, one, I laughed at that. And two, I went, wait, we could work something out so he has a place to go when he needs to vomit? You mean maybe next year, if this is still happening, I don't have to do it in the car? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know yet. There will be meetings coming up this summer. Yay. Um, but yes, we are all ready for school to be like. Yeah. yeah. So. <sighs> yeah. But. I'm ready for the break for not having to drive every afternoon. Yeah. You in the morning. Yeah, in past years, I've been desperately trying to get to the summer just to be able to sleep in. And this school year, something's going on with me. Maybe it's my age. Maybe maybe it's perimenopause. 
was. Maybe it's just a different mindset. I'm capable of waking up earlier than I used to be able to without feeling so run down and groggy that I can't mm-hmm. function. I don't know mm-hmm. what I've done different or if it's something to do with aging, but like I, I don't want to wake up early on principle, but I can yeah. do it. And so normally summertime plans, I'm like, I'm going to sleep in and then start my work day. And now I'm like, I'm going to sleep in slightly. I don't want to mm-hmm. wake up at six. I'll wake up at six thirty. You know, on a on a crazy day, I'll wake up at seven, and then I got plans for what I want to do in my morning, but keep my work start time the same because it's yeah. gonna need to be the same when school starts back up. I'm like, wait, are we gonna are we gonna work on ourselves and focus on ourselves for a few hours a day? What's what? Right. What is that life? I'm well, very what, excited. What's what's funny about that is, I I I am an early riser. I am always up before everybody. And I enjoy that. I, I get up, uh, make myself a cup of coffee, come sit at my desk. Um, I have a little game that I play on my iPad, and I do that. I play some to- solitaire, go through my, my emails. And on my desk, I have a desk, I have a desk lamp, top shelf, and it's like a gooseneck lamp. And it shines directly down on the desk. And my desk faces the window in our bedroom yeah that's between the office and the bedroom yeah so when she wakes up she's gotten into this habit she will put her hand through the window and wave (laughs) to me now because the light shines down directly on my desk and the bedroom is black i cannot see her so i joke because all i see is this disembodied hand floating in the darkness and I'm like, oh, good morning, disembodied hand. <laughs> I've actually, I think part of the reason I'm waking up earlier is it's a gentler kind of wake up most of the time because you get up before me, no matter what time the alarm is set, it's rare that you sleep till the alarm and that's set for six. Mm-hmm. Um, you get up, you're, you're moving. And so I think it's like background noise, except on the days when you were definitely talking to somebody because all <laughs> I wake up hearing is clickety, 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 clickety. I'm like, Oh my God, is he writing a fucking book? What the hell? <laughs> and then I can tell it's an active conversation if there's like a 30 second pause and then clickety, clickety, clickety. And then I can tell it's like emails or DMs he's answering when it goes for like 85 million years and then there's a pause. Yeah, but, I, I do not have one of those silent keyboards. No. Um, and you are absolutely a heavy handed typer. You're a fast typer, but heavy handed. Yeah. Um, so those mornings I don't wake up gently. But on the other mornings when you're playing solitaire and drinking coffee and turning on your line, I'm like, it's like I'm easing into waking up. But on principle, I'm like, fuck this. I'm not waking up at 530. I'll wait till the alarm goes off. And the alarm goes off and I grab my phone and I'm like, let me check my certain notifications, you know. And then I'll lay there and then I'll do an endless scroll and then I'll lay there. And then eventually after I've been up for about 30 minutes, then the hand comes through the window. Cause now I'm, I'm ready to like talk to folks. Mm-hmm. Well, not folks. No, no, well, you, at you, least I'm me ready to anyway. talk to you. Yeah. So, okay. Okay. We could keep going. Y'all know we could. Mm-hmm. We're going to stop. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, us. That's, that's us. That's I mean, been I, us. This I think is... that's that's good. An hour, we hour and a half. Hour and a half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, we're gonna go. All right. We'll be back again next week mm-hmm. to do this again. Thanks for joining us and being here through this uh, wild roller coaster ride. Watching, listening, chatting, lurking doesn't matter. We appreciate mm-hmm. you all. Uh, mm-hmm. 
can't wait to do it again next week. Yeah. Okay. Bye. Bye.